What's going on, spice lovers and spice addicts? Welcome back to another brand new episode of the Cinemates Podcast. I'm Mike Jose Collins, and joined with me today is, as always, the man who loves drinking sandworm juice, Jake Schultz. Is that a spoiler? I feel like that's, like, kind of a spoiler. a spoiler? No. To drink some sandworm juice? You wouldn't drink that juice? I guess there's no context to what we're saying, but there is technically sandworm juice in Dune Part 2. I'm excited, Mike. We haven't really done a lot of preparation for this podcast, like, mentioning that Dune was coming out. Like, we kind of did, but we were never, like... Oh yeah, Dune is next week because I completely forgot to mention what's coming out next week in the last episode. Uh, it's out. Dune Part Two is in theaters, and yeah, it's. I think this is going to capture the cinema world for a long time now. Considering there's not much coming out this month, I think it's gonna it's gonna rock some people for yeah, see, the sci-fi nerds. Certainly seems like the movie event of the year so far. I don't know if it will be by the end of the year, but I mean, this is. Uh... A pretty big spectacle. It is. I hope. Hopefully, it gets people uh, in those seats. Every every IMAX I checked out was like practically booked, practically full. So, I think a lot, or at least this weekend, it's going to be pretty pretty bumping for Dune Part Two. Do you see it in IMAX? Yeah, you did. Hello. Yes. Yes, why, I did. Why'd you say hello? <laughs> what oh, happened? Sorry, hey, hey, on my screen it didn't seem like it picked up the what I said. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, dude, Dune, Dune too, man. Anyway, if you haven't pictured or haven't clued in yet, we're talking a little Dune Part Two today. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, I I, I gotta say, uh, thank you guys a lot. I got some actually very sweet and genuine comments about the last episode I did with my dad. I'll share those with him. Um, privately because there there was a lot of sweet comments and especially from my dad to anthony and anthony to my dad they, they both said very nice things about it to each other thank you guys so much for doing that um but i did get a merch request a merch and request I, a merch request for a t-shirt i'm curious what you think uh somebody would send in for a merch request for this show oh my god do i decide to be narcissistic and mention myself or something or should it be more general i don't know what would it be what merch do they know we don't have money to make merch yeah they're very probably very aware but they also <laughs> said i would buy this a hundred percent all right what uh, is it if you i have it. no idea it's a shirt that says is your real name jacob oh my god people really like that it took me this many episodes to ask you what your name was <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> I guess it was a conversation that we've never really talked about. I was just that kid that sat in the corner of the room and, and you went like, hey, let's make a podcast together. I was like, all right. So, you know, that's a little look behind our eyes. That's what they wanted, eh? Out of everything we've said on this podcast? Yes. Uh, very funny. Very funny. They they thought it was that I asked you what your name was. <laughs> this is funny. So if you want to make the shirt, go ahead. Go ahead. They already did. They, they sent me the, the template of the shirt. I'll, I'll share it with you. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, it. no, it just has the quote. But we're we're here today. We're going to talk about the brand new yeah, movie event <laughs> of what maybe. Uh, I think this will probably do pretty pretty damn well at the Oscars. I think it might get the same treatment as last time. But I I do think that especially at the past two years award seasons, I don't think they mean anything anymore. Yet everything everywhere all at once. Oppenheimer is probably going to win the Oscars. Oh, geez, they're coming up soon. Probably next week. Maybe a week after. It's two weeks. Pretty, yeah. 
pretty big. So like, uh, I don't think that really matters anymore. I think it also might go the way of uh, Mad Max Fury Road. But hey, why don't we talk about the movie? Uh, I know you were super excited about this one. Uh, I saw your review. It just said no words. Well, why don't you give me some words? What were your first impressions or your first thoughts uh, on on Dune 2, man? Tell me. This is this is the movie of the of the year so far. Yeah. So for those that don't know, quick synopsis. Paul Trades unites with Chani and the Freeman while seeking revenge against the conspirators who destroyed his family. Facing a, a choice between love of his life and the fate of the universe, he must prevent a terrible future only he can foresee. I think I mentioned it at any chance that I can get now that I was one of the first people in the world to see this movie. Saw it at TIFF when it debuted a couple years ago during the pandemic. And for me, it was just a truly transformative experience. I loved Denis Villeneuve. He's Canadian, so shout out my Canadian representation. Uh, I think he's one of the most genuine directors out there that actually... You saw Dune crap. 2 or Dune? The first Dune oh, okay. in, during the pandemic, 2021, when it was coming out. Um, he's one of the most... like he cares about cinema and there's only a few left that really care about that true theatrical experience and want to set you out and put you in that mindset. And the first movie did that for me, like in droves. I really love that movie. There's a couple of people that have kind of turned around on that movie since it's released. Yeah. I, don't really... I, I am one of those people. I've, yeah. I've, I've, the more I think about that movie, the less I liked it. Uh, I still, I still think it's a masterpiece. I think it's still a five-star movie, but I have really soured on it a lot. I think from a technical standpoint, it did a lot of stuff that I haven't seen in a, in a movie before. And that stuck with me. The score, the cinematography, the direction, which he got snubbed for director. I might add a horrible decision by the Oscars. Yeah, they give Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Yeah, of course, because he deserves screenwriting. Also One of the worst uh, worst decisions I've seen in an Oscars for, honestly, for a while. That that was a horrible take. All, all the yeah. other people in that one were pretty good. I think it's like Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. Uh Hair, what was it hair of the dog not hair of the dog power of the dog <laughs> power of the dog won that one uh but yeah oh my god kenneth brada jeez that was an odd odd choice for that one yeah he he took uh what many people quoted as an unadaptable source material because david lynch tried it i know people like the film some people like the film it, it, for all intents and purposes did not deliver and decided to that movie's amazing it, i disagree it, okay well I'll find out this weekend when I watch it for the first time, because now that I've seen part two, I can finally watch it. Took a transformative journey to how you put it precisely, the start of a franchise for this generation. There's always been these movies that come out every generation now, like these landmark moments and achievements in cinema for a couple, like thousands of generations ago, thousands of generations ago. What am I talking about? Uh, For you had Star Wars for the older generation. For the semi-newer, the millennials, you had Lord of the Rings. And now you have Dune for the Gen Zs. I think that puts it perfectly because this is genuinely the definition of the, a trilogy that is going to stand the test of time uh, with science fiction and movies in general. And I felt that all with Dune 2. It's literally the first Dune movie, but with a bigger scope, bigger grandiose, a better told story, the better half of the story uh, that culminates with a third act that leaves you wanting more with chills, but is also satisfying at the same time. Uh, it's just, a, it's a lot of stuff that I never thought I would see in a movie done to the degree that it was. And uh, it, it, it kind of left me floored, man. I just, I love this property because of what it, it will make me feel like I, it, it's kind of hard for me to get sucked into worlds 
nowadays in movies. I feel like a lot of movies don't do that as well as maybe some like the 80s and the 90s eras of movies that kind of suck you into its own world. Uh, and he's one of those directors that can do it. So first stance of this, obviously, I loved it. I think that it's another monumental step in storytelling and technological advancements in cinema. Just some crazy things that Denis does in this movie. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. What about you? Where are your first thoughts? That was like a kind of long-winded way of me to get to say I like it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised that you like the movie. I know you like filmmaking, and this truly is. I think the best parts of this movie are the the filmmaking of it. The, everything you hear is incredible, and everything you're watching, it's it like hits you at both those senses in probably the peak of like movies ever have. But I think it also, it, it's funny that you like this movie because I do think it is like the anti-Avengers movie. It is it is a well-crafted movie, sort of to the, the scope of an Avengers movie. But I think for actual people who like movies... Uh, I really, I really did enjoy this movie. I thought it was incredible. It, it was like a a masterpiece in filmmaking. Uh, I I thought th- I I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think there's a lot of not a lot of issues, but th- there's there's some issues with it. Uh, one being the storytelling. So I'm I, I'm curious what you think of the storytelling. But I, I I thought I thought it was incredible. I I think you if if you pay. I know movies are super expensive now, but you get your money's worth and and so much more from it. I like that you talked about Star Wars, um, not necessarily about this movie, but like this, you can tell what Star Wars picked up from Dune when they made Star Wars. Uh, th- like this feels like a, a combination of like Lawrence of Arabia and, and Star Wars into one. It It is just, uh, it's incredible. And it, I, it does, it's anti-Avengers too, in the point that there's no, uh, there there's a clear end point. There's a where they're going, where I feel like with all the Marvel movies, especially they go like, okay, when this movie ends, you're not waiting for the the post credit scene. You're you're not you're not. Oh, I wonder what the TV show spinoff is going to be. Uh, uh, oh, where's this character going to end up? It's this. It's a super clear direction for a movie, and, and it knows exactly where it's going. Um, I think one thing I loved about this movie is like start filming every movie on location. Like yeah. Oh my god. My god. The fact that it was filmed like that, and and the parts that weren't, I think, were some of the parts that fell flat. So like, just please. Film everything like that. I love Shakespeare. This felt super Shakespearean with a, a lot of the stuff that they were saying. It, it was awesome. Um, I, I, I could rave about this movie for a long time. So you want me to keep going? I, I could say a lot more. Yeah, I, I think the storytelling is what I was most surprised by because for me, and Denise kind of talked about this for a while, is that he doesn't think dialogue is an important part of his movies. He thinks it's more of the world building and the grandiose scope of making it. And he definitely doubles down on that with this because it does explore a lot more of the families around Dune, surrounding Dune, because I rewatched both basically back to back. And the first one really is just all built. Like, it doesn't feel like it at the time because it feels like a cohesive story that technically, like, you could watch it on its own and then be like, ah, yeah, okay. But this one, like, kind of doubles down on everything. It's like, you've seen the first one. You get what you're having. Here's 90% of the actual story that we're going to tell on this one. Yeah, the, the first one definitely seemed like this is the arc of Paul Atreides. And then this one, you get all the thematic elements. Like, this is so many more themes in this movie compared to the first one. You get so much more content um, that, that they they somehow fit in two and a half hours. I know that's a long runtime, but, but they, they packed this like this uh, parts of it. I was like, damn, I wish they added more to this. Like I, I would have loved if this was almost a three hour movie. Yeah. Uh, but, but I, I completely agree with the first one is all built and it's all just like, this is Paul's story. And then this one, you get this huge culmination. And I, I think one thing they sell that is like providing so many more themes that you get through a movie. To that effect, 
in the first movie, Paul, to me, was the weakest character out of most of them. I know Chaney's not really in it, and she, everyone can be like, oh, like I, I like his story a lot. Like It's a five-star movie for me. But you didn't really understand what his journey was going to be because it, that, that wasn't the point of the movie. It wasn't the point of actually telling you what his endgame was going to be. What, from the start of this movie, they introduce the exact dichotomy of what Paul's arc is going to be, and that's the anti-hero's journey. And I am a sucker for anti-heroes in movies, and I think that the way that they explore it... I I, I knew nothing about the second part of Dune. Uh, the way that they are actually able to tell that journey and his culmination of also reaching that point of his arc, I thought was super fascinating and made Paul a lot more interesting. Uh, a lot of that is Timothy Chalamet. My God, I didn't think he had the range to pull off certain scenes they did. He was commanding scenes by the end of the movie. Like, I I liked him in a lot of things. We've talked about this in our Wonka review, too, where we all thought he was really good. But, like, I, to me, this is his best performance. I think that he, the way he's able to tell thousands of emotions with his eyes, use the voice and how, like, scary it kind of gets towards the end of the movie... I think is all a testament to like the subtle storytelling that they're able to do with Paul's arc. And we'll get to it a little bit more with the spoilers. Cause there's a ton to talk about with Paul, but yeah, I, I was surprised at where they went with Paul's story, but I ended up loving a lot of it. And he became one of my favorite characters by the end of the movie. Yeah. I mean, just speaking on the cast here, it's like this, it's this combination of these old sort of stars having these 15 minute scenes that they absolutely blow out of the park. I mean, I, especially for me, Javier Bardem was just uh, in, incredible in this movie. He he does so much with not that he's not in the movie a lot, but he such little screen time compared to them. But like to have I think every young person in this movie, they're now stars. This this is the movie that regardless of what you think of of them as people like I think every, Florence Pugh, Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, their celebrity was so much bigger than any of the movies that they were in. And this is the movie that, that I, for me at least, catapulted them into being A-list, cele- A-list actors, uh, people that you're, you're going to see in movies from now on. Like this, this truly, I think, I don't necessarily think it's their, their best movies ever. I, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily yeah. think it's their best movies. But I think this is the movie that, that absolutely skyrocks, skyrockets everybody into you you are now actors like it's like watching these people grow up in in real time it was it was incredible i kind of just want to get into spoilers i kind of just want to start let's let's, let's jump right into it okay so where do we even begin with this essentially paul's arc in this film is that he keeps getting these visions just like the first movie of what's ending up going to be happening if he ends down that path and he's trying to not go down that path for 90% of this film. He's trying to just stay with, and he wants to be not a leader with power, but he wants to be with among the group, the Freemen, and fight that fight together. The Freemen. The Fremen. The Fremen. Sorry, my bad. There's a lot of crazy names. Benny Jeserect in this film. And that's where I think the it's so interesting watching Paul struggle with that power and him falling into what he's promised this prophecy and how many people idolize him and him refusing to fall into the idolization um i think that he's they're able to tell that story really really effectively especially surrounding lady jessica because she's such a huge part of that lady jessica is just fun out scary rebecca ferguson <laughs> i i, I think, didn't know i think what that's her... my favorite my favorite performance of the movie 
I don't know what her arc was going to be in that first one. Wow. They fully turn her into like this crazy all being like sees the future. uh, And she's literally guiding Paul down this path that Paul doesn't want to go down because he can see the other outcomes of the fire and destruction that comes with him becoming a leader and becoming that prophet that all these other people are trying to make him become. And it's so the dichotomy between the two of them, like, it's it's interesting political elements that I actually like I didn't get with the first movie that I fully get here and watching that arc complete at the end when Paul does end up embracing that role of being the forget me I forget what the what they call the 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 savior the leader but it works with Javier Bardem as well who like you said great performance he's a comic relief like every time that Paul did something he's like look he's the leader he's the chosen one and then at the end of the movie when it comes to like you can't speak unless you're you're one of like the top guys and he wanted them to sacrifice him and all these people are like sacrifice him he's like I'll give it to you like then it doesn't become it's not funny at that point because you're realizing the harm and the effect of all the followers and the leaders and what it has and that guilt and that love for power it's just it's handled really really subtly and if you like I just loved following it the entire time. I love a I love a good anti heroes story because you're not like you don't really love Paul by the end of this movie. Like he's sure he's doing the right things in quotation marks, but at the same time, like he's not, <laughs> and it makes him so much more interesting. So I don't know. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I I, I think Timmy did it uh, in, incredibly well leading up to the end of that point. Uh, I'm very curious if he can do. Paul where he is by the end of the story in the next movie I haven't seen him be able to do that so I'm, I'm very curious if he'll be able to pull off what they're trying to pull off with Paul uh, and and I'm glad you talked about power because I think that's one of the one of if not the most important especially in all of his movies the, the most important part of this movie or the, the biggest theme in this movie it's it's all about how power affects everything power affects people religion um and there's always a toll and especially with the ending where you have uh Mr. Johnny Zendaya who sort of leaves and she's like I she's the victim of of this power and she goes and she sets out her own destiny and she's the toll of of Paul's power here but it, it's also like um and I'm glad I it's also political I'm glad you brought up politics because I think like one of the themes is you know, it's this North versus South sort of thing. It's, it's this, uh, the, the falsality, the falsality of, of different power in, in politics and how even with power, there's these fakeness that you find with Austin Butler's character. Um, and it's also like the older versus younger generations where the older people all believe in the prophet or the Messiah and the younger people are the ones who are like, ah, I'm, I'm not necessarily sold on this. Um, I'm, I'm curious, what do you think the movie's about? I think it's exactly that. I think it's just about what happens when you insert yourself into a bigger role that not necessarily is carved out for you. Like I, I think that the whole point of the power, the poison and the water is that like, you can see at the ends of like, you see all these visions, but the visions aren't necessarily written in stone. And I think that that's what I think is so interesting about this is because the visions that they're carving out the way that they're going is the visions that aren't like, are not set in stone, but they're making it happen by going through down that path. Um, And I think it's just the exploration of what it means to actually be a good person when you're given these powers, because like I I was kind of saying, like Paul's not a good guy. Like he's not outwardly evil compared to some of the other guys in the the story, like the Baron 
like or the Harkonnens, like he's not necessarily like to that extent, but by walking down those paths of that pre-existed uh, messiah that you're that you're expected to be with all these people with all the peers around you the peer pressure the hearkening yourself into there and quite literally becoming a hearkening in a different level <laughs> it, i think it's just there's so many different ways that you can view power because that's the way that the story is building up paul to be so i think it's just his exploration with power and what it means to be someone in power when you're not necessarily supposed to be that person that's that's kind of how i took away from the movie i don't know did you think of it differently yeah, I I, I, th- I think it's all about power. I think the the, the 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 majority of the themes are about how power influences different things and the, the struggle for power. And again, what I said, where it's not necessarily convoluted. It's literally just north versus south. Like that's that's a lot of what it is. It's older versus younger. It's power corrupts power. Um, there's my favorite scene of the movie, and I think one of the most beautiful scenes is oh, well before the scene. Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet's character are sort of it's this love sort of this love story that I think was brought to fruition like incredibly well like they have a kiss scene on top of one of the sand dudes and it's it's beautiful and it's like wow this is this is what movies used to be like man this is like people are falling in love it's awesome it's and it's two movie stars too that you're like wow like like it, it felt like true like 80s 90s movies like oh my gosh I missed this and stuff but but the scene where you know, basically throughout the movie, he's like, I'm going to love you until like my heart stops or whatever. What's the line he says? I'm going to love you until I stop breathing. Until I stop breathing. And then you have this fight scene, this knife fight scene uh, where he basically gets stabbed or whatever. And I don't know. I think his heart might have stopped beating because then he goes to Zendaya and he says it to her again. And his he is just not into it. His heart. He is just it seems fake. It seems like this put on thing and she can tell. And then right after that, he's like, I'll marry Florence Pugh to, uh, and to, uh, what's it? Uh, not Steve Buscemi, Christopher Walken. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Could you imagine? If and Steve I was like, Buscemi wow, like that movie? is, that is powerful. And it cuts back to Zendaya and it's just, wow. And then she's the victim of, of the power. And I think that's to me, that was the most beautiful part of the movie. I thought that was just a, done incredibly 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 well what'd yeah. you think of that knife fight scene uh the knife fight was great i i i am gonna be honest when paul first took over the role as a messiah i thought they were gonna just cut the movie after that like when he had like the big speech so i wasn't expecting the other half of, like i thought that was all gonna be messiah so when it happened i was like oh okay it kept going for like another 30 minutes but the knife fight, the knife fight scene is really good it's really tense um even though i knew that messiah had paul and it uh I felt like I was actually like concerned for what was going to happen. Like I didn't yeah, know. You, like you, you know, he's going to win, but they build, they build the tension. Well, I think a lot of that is also to Austin Butler, um, Fade Rotha. I, there's so many people online that are like, Oh, he's the next Jared Leto. He's the next blada blada. I think that's a bit overkill. And I think we need to stop putting characters just because they're wacky and unpredictable and chaotic presences doesn't necessarily mean that they are the next, so and so that being said he's great he's fantastic and he certainly showcases a lot of his talent that we have talked about in a while for this podcast now that we think that he's going to be a dude really i've been i've been championing this guy's career and i am so excited to see him uh like just pop off after this i i thought he was just tremendous in this thing i don't think he's going to be the next thing i think he is just 
he's going to be Austin Butler and Austin Butler's going to be freaking awesome. He just like everything he did in this movie was so cool. Even just, I, I don't know how he mastered Stellan Skarsgård's accent, oh, but he so sounds funny. exactly like him. He literally is playing Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> it's perfect. I, I, yeah. I have no idea how he, I know he's good with voices. I guess we saw it in Elvis, but like the fact that he copied it and it, it, it worked out amazing he he his presence in this movie is is felt through and i i wish we had more of him but like i i understand why he was in it for the amount that he was in it he he was tre- tremendous for me uh, one of the outstanding ones of the newer generation they do such a perfect job at introducing him too because they talk a little bit about it and then they're like all right let's 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 make action speak louder than words they put him in this coliseum which some of the best filmmaking i've seen i loved like that when it's Ooh. day daylight outside that like the fireworks are going off and they're like little splotches and they're like diff- the alternate colors. Uh, the Coliseum fight is really, really fun. Really cool. I, I like, a lot I of thought that was the, I, it's a great scene. Uh, I thought that looked really bad and I could, really? you could tell that that you could tell that that was just a part that wasn't shot on. Uh, what, what did I say before on, so on, on setting location. on location? Um, and I think it's really? just the crowd looks the crowd looks really fake. I don't think that scene's going to do too well on TVs. Uh, but I mean, the scene's awesome. And, and again, it goes back to that power thing where it's like uh, he's fighting just slaughtering Atreides, <laughs> Atreides. But like some of them are sick, and it's like this fake. Oh, he's proving that he's awesome, but it's, it's also fake. like, it's like there's, a fake this, there's this fake yeah, it's there's this fake fakeness to what he's yeah. actually doing because he's just beating up these sick people. Um, sorry, my dog keeps jumping into screen. But I mean, he was he he was awesome. I, I did really like that scene, and I thought it was a great introduction. But I, I just don't think that's going to translate very well to televisions. I just love that the Harkonnens are just their whole family is just being manipulated, and you don't really like from the first movie. Like you didn't get that because they're the big like they're they're the big group. But when you, the movie, the more the movie goes on, you find out the more that they unravel everything. That the Benny Gesserit are basically just control everything. That everyone's their little puppets. That they're in charge of it all, um, and it kind of neuters a little bit of the Harkonnens. I think that's also really, really interesting because the Baron, like, the more it goes on, the more pathetic he becomes. The more like less threatening. Batista's character, as much as he's a very good, like he's just kind of reduced to nothing in this movie. And literally, the fight yeah, between it's, him it's, and Gurney, it's just one knife bye-bye like he's gone like they got the redemption immediately and i'm like okay like and it's cool that they position the harkonnens as this meek the more that paul gets more strong and he takes over i think that's really cool dichotomies that they did there and i think that that's again the subtle filmmaking that denis does with this because the harkonnens were just they're nothing in this movie aside from austin butler I mean, even the not so subtle stuff, like just putting them in black and white, is like, yeah, that's yeah. the Third Reich. You're yeah. supposed to do that. That's the Third Reich. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think like just to see, it, it's finally like you get all of these different people into one. Um, what do you think of Florence Pugh? I think she's good. I've always liked Florence Pugh. I don't still know too much about her character. And I think that that's because Messiah is a big, that's her story. It's like, she has a huge part in Messiah. Um, I, I like, I think the Bene Gesserit in general, I like the fact that there's still not that much told about them because there's so much more that can be said because they were only really introduced in this, this movie aside from that. We knew that Lady Jessica 
who was part Bene Gesserit, even though she's apparently full on Harkonnen, <laughs> which I had no idea that was a thing, and neither did she apparently. Um, I I don't know. I I think she's. I think that her character isn't really fully there yet, but I I trust that we're going to learn as we learn more about the Bene Gesserit as they become the second hand to Paul. Um. And it's kind of the same thing with Christopher Walken's character with Leia Sado. Like you don't really know much of their intentions aside from that. They're the big puppeteers. Um, but I, in Florence Pugh in general, like I think she's, she's good. I think that she was really good. I like, I love the costume design on her. I love like the, there's a sick costume. A lot of people in this movie, like their costumes are really, really good. And I'm sure Maddie could speak well to that. I'm sure she would probably love It's like a feast for the eyes with that. But uh, yeah, I don't know too much about her yet. I like, aside from she's a major character that, I, I know that we'll get more into into the future. How about you? Yeah, I, I, I just think it was her character. She's just a lot of exposition and I don't know, nothing's really developing with her. It's not like a an amazing performance because there's not really much to do with it. So No, but she's good. I mean, it, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, she's she's fine in it. She, I, I, I do agree still that this is like a movie that'll put her into something and uh, hopefully with what you're saying with Messiah that she, she finds something better. It, it, it's weird even with Christopher Walken, like, it doesn't take you out of the movie, but you are like, oh, he's he's doing he's Christopher Walken. Uh, I'm waiting for him to do something Christopher Walken. Uh, but it, he doesn't. I don't though, think in any way. No, it, it, it doesn't take you out of the movie. It doesn't do anything. But the whole time I'm like, eh, it's Christopher Walken. Uh, so I was kind of hoping he would do something different. But I mean, that's that that's kind of whatever. Uh, I, I I mean I could gush about this movie a lot, man. It, it's it's uh, it's a masterpiece. We didn't and, even talk about the sandworms yet. We didn't. Well, I was about to jump into that. They have the scene where, I mean, it's this amazing scene where he's he's going to, uh, Paul Atreides is going to ride the sandworm. And they're like, oh, don't embarrass us. Make it a big one. And then this huge one comes. And they're like, oh, crap. Not, uh, not, not that big. big. And then he does it. And it's just this beautiful, beautiful action scene. And then it just immediately cuts to an even sicker action scene in this 15 minutes span. And you're like, Holy crap. How did they fit this in, in this segment? Like, this is amazing. And it just jumps, jumps right to this, this next, they're like uh, taking down this massive uh, spice thing to hurt, hurt the Harkonnen. Um, and, and it's just, it, it's two, two amazing action sequences just shot back to back. And it, again, it's in this 15 minutes span. You're like, I, I can't believe they pulled that off for whatever reason, but it, it was sick. It was so cool. No one does it like Denis, man. He's I, I've been championing him for a long, long time now. I've been such a huge fan of him. He really is uh, one of the greatest science fiction directors out there. He's done a lot of other movies as well, like Enemy, like not necessarily science fiction, but this is his bread and butter. We saw it with Blade Runner. Uh, like he, it's it's incredible that he's what he's doing with these movies, and he really is making the next cinematic journey for our generation. Like. I was jealous that my dad grew up with Star Wars because the original Star Wars was probably such a time to live through. I was too young for Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit were my first movies. And like, that's not a fun cinematic journey. Uh, this is like, I, I, it's truly special. You walk into these movies, you walk out of these movies and you can feel it. You can feel cinematic shifting. And it's the same yeah. feeling that you get when you come out of Oppenheimer, the same feeling you get when you come out of Spider-Verse and that there's so many, there's only so many films a year and sometimes not even a year. Sometimes nothing like this comes out that you genuinely can feel like you are a part of history. And that's what I feel like with these movies. Like they might genuinely be some of the best science fiction movies ever told. 
And that's just because the source material is so rich, but a lot of that is also because of how powerful this director is. This is my favorite movie of his. Like it's, I don't like, and I have like four, five stars from him. This is, this outbeats Blade Runner. This outbeats the first Dune. This outbeats Prisoners, which I love Prisoners to death. Like he's just an incredible filmmaker. And I'm happy that there's a student, like we, for all the crap we give Warner Brothers, I, I am happy they gave him a platform to make the films in his vision the way that he wants to make them. He's even said like Messiah's not coming out until he feels like it's ready to come out. Like he's not going to rush. And I appreciate that he's been able to put his love and craft into these movies because they're a special feeling. It's a special time to watch these movies, man. And I'm, I, I'm sad. I'm never going to witness this movie again for the first time, but I love that. It's it, hell. The day we're recording this, it's technically the first day it came out, you know, comes out on the Fridays, the previews are Thursday. Like we got, I'm going to go see it again in theaters, especially before next week. I, I want to watch it again. Like, and I just coming out knowing that I feel like I'm a part of history. It's, it's such a cool feeling. Yeah, it's uh, what you were referring to earlier in the podcast about uh, uh, Gen Z's having a movie like Lord of the Rings. It's because I said in my review um, that this is Lord of the Rings for Gen Z. Like this is the the, the movie event of, of their lifetime. And this will go down in, in their history as like, oh, I was there for the Dunes. I saw the Dunes. Um, and I think it's a movie about spectacle. I think just the whole spectacle of the entire thing is incredible. And it's like if you can pull off Dune, then you can pull off anything um, and people are going to believe you. And I think that uh, the, the self insert in this movie from what I found is like, if you can, if you can ride the sandworm, people are going to believe you. People are, people are going to put their faith in you to make these movies. And I, th- I think, I thought that was just absolutely incredible. And I agree with you. I think it's like, this is a, a movie event that people are going to remember for a while. I don't think it's his best movie. Okay. I think this is a, this is a, I want to say a step down, but I think it's a very big step down for storytelling compared to Arrival. I think that's probably his best. I didn't movie, even especially. mention Arrival. That's up there still too. <laughs> yeah. Um, this it, It's a little weak at times, but it, it is a five-star movie. I, I was like, oh, maybe four and a half because uh, we'll get into the cons of this, but uh, to give it anything below a five, I think is it's an injustice to what the movie is. It's, it's truly like a, a masterpiece in filmmaking. Like it is, it hits you on all aspects. It's it's an incredible piece of of cinema. Yeah, I was, it's gonna. I loved it. It's I gonna really ride it. its way all the way to the Academy and sweep all the technicals once again. I like release dates don't matter anymore. You, you kind of hinted on it. Like we, it doesn't. It literally doesn't matter. Two years in a row now, we've seen everything everywhere all at once. Make its way all the way to the Academy. Poor poor things. Past lives make its way all the way to the Academy with an early release date. Granted, those are two A twenty four films, but that also that's a smaller studio. This is Warner Brothers. There's no way in hell this is missing out. Like we live in an era now where you can release a movie at any time, except maybe January. Well, I, I hope that that is Hopefully. like our opinion. We've only had two years of two years of that actually being, but given how thing, weak so, the I mean, slate like, is this so. year, given how weak it is, like I think it's a shoe in and y- they should be recognizing this regardless because it's a technical achievement in cinema. And it's, I don't know. I think, I think beekeepers might, might beat it. On You're right. A couple of I forgot. Guys. I got, forgot the movie with the puns deserves to get screenplay. It, I, it's going to get, I like, if he gets, doesn't get director again, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. He'll be, he'll definitely be nominated for this. Will he? I, I, Everyone thought he was for Dune and he didn't get in. Like, I, I think he'll get it for this. Like, yeah, I, I guess Dune didn't take like any of the top six categories, but yeah, no, I mean, it took this, all, this yeah, is, it, did. it took cinematography. 
Which it, it took cinematography. Six. It, it won six awards. Like it, it it's yeah, but that's not top technical. Six. That's a actors. Oh, actors, directors, uh, director, screenplay. best picture. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's it, it's a it's a technical masterpiece. So, what did you like about it? I I honestly I don't think I have anything like I, very hard. Like I said, it's so hard for me to just get sucked away into movies nowadays. Um, because my, my brain is always on when it comes to like thinking about what things I like, what I didn't like just getting sucked into a world like Arrakis. It's I, and I, I think for you, especially we talked about this, that you thought that the first Dune movie kind of felt like there's empty halls, like not a lot of things happening. I feel like this should have rectified that. It definitely feels like it's a, a living world with all these different parties coming together, making Paul a super Saiyan of like four different families all in one, uh, I, I don't know. I loved it. Very it, It's so hard for me to put out five-star movies. I, I also gave this five stars. Spoiler. Um, and for me to come out with like some cons and negatives because like that's the hardest a- achievement for me to give out to a, a movie. And I don't just throw five stars out every once in a while. They have to have like moved me in some way. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any cons for me. Like sure, you could argue that like some of the lines are kind of cringy, like especially between Chani and Paul. I think that there's some lines that are a little cringy between the two of them, but that's just also of the yeah, time. Yeah, there, there was one point where he like uses the voice to just shout, and I like I burst out laughing because it was it was so out there. Yeah, but like I don't I don't know I I just I don't get hit like this very often, and I I would I normally like to focus on the positives when it comes out to movies like this. But you, if you have cons, go ahead, tell me so I can uh, I can battle you against them. Sure. Um, I think it could have benefited from like an extra 30 minutes. I think it was so much stuff to fit into two and a half hours. And that's me saying that as someone who loves a very short runtime. No scene ends and no scene really begins. You're just uh, you're immediately into the action. Uh, They didn't really build anything going into a scene, which I think worked for a lot of it, especially what I was saying with like the sandworm right into the action, uh, taking down the spice thing. I thought that was amazing. But also like you don't really have any time to digest what you just saw and you just go action to action. Um, There's a point, I think maybe like halfway through the movie where time doesn't make sense. I, you're just, a lot of it is you're just supposed to understand what's happening. And I don't know how much time has passed at a certain point in the movie. I don't know. um, Someone's been pregnant for a very long time. It's super, it's very convoluted how time works in this thing. I think this I is a before. span of six months, and but I like I don't disagree. I because I, I remember seeing Lady Jessica, I was like, oh, she's a little bit more pregnant now. Uh, you you don't feel that, and I think that giving it a couple more minutes to breathe. I agree. I I, I could have taken extra thirty minutes. Like I'm not going to fault the film for being like I thought it was going to end at one point, but then I was like, oh, then now here's all the action for thirty minutes. Uh, they they could have stretched out the last act a little bit longer, even though I love the last act. Like. I think they could have stretched it out a little bit. So I think, I think you're a little, I think you're, I think you're right with that. I, I would have loved to see this have more time to breathe. Yeah. It's just at that, at that point, I'm like, okay, I, I know that I have to understand what's happening, but like you have to, you do have to give me a little bit of an explanation here. Like what, where are we in time? How does this make sense? And then you said it before, like the script is a little wonky at times. Uh, I know he's not necessarily known for his great scripts. You, I mean, you said it before, like I, I will argue more about movie against, making. 
I will. I, 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 I get what he's saying, but also like, Denny, your scripting is pretty solid, man. Like you've made some really, yeah. really affecting movies. Like I it's... like his scripting in Arrival, Blade Runner, Prisoners. Like these are all really top tier dialogue heavy films. So I think this is his weakest screenplay. Oh, and that's not that's that. not saying it's a bat. What do you think's worse? Just in his filmography alone? Oof. Um I'd say Enemy is probably his weakest. Uh just like in terms of bigger. The screenplay? Names. Yeah. I don't I, think so. I think that's weaker. I think that it's a little bit there's some moments in that movie that there's there's like a part in this movie where Paul is like, I can't go south and then He's just goes south and they don't have an explanation or a reasoning behind why he can't. He's like, oh, I can't do that. Okay. And then we're supposed to like, oh, I wonder how, what's going to make him. And he's like, no, I'm just going to go there now. And you're like, okay, like you you have to, you do the storytelling was a little odd in that point. And then one of the big thing, and this is a big spoiler. Anya Taylor-Joy is his sister, supposedly. Um, Don't spoil that. Don't, don't put that out there. That it was already known that she was going to be in this movie as a character. We didn't need to know that. You should have just kept that in the movie. I, th- that I think that like the scene that they were trying to do should have done that. Uh, it should have just been like, oh, whoa, big reveal. That's going to be awesome. And it was a lot of like, okay, well, I guess I knew that that was coming. And it should have been this really cool moment. And it just wasn't just felt kind of flat for me. But I mean, like, that's all just nitpicky stuff. Like, this is a five star movie. It's 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 an awesome, awesome movie. I recommend this to everybody and, but I don't necessarily think the content of the film is uh, above the, 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 the movie itself. Like I, I don't think a lot of people who aren't into this type of thing are going to enjoy this movie. And that goes the same with star Wars goes the same for Lord of the Rings. It's just one of those movies that if you're into it, it's one of the best movies ever made. I will fight back on the, why did he go South? And that's because, they had destroyed their home the the yeah i know it's supposed to be this like desperation act but they didn't they didn't like they, they didn't like build up to his character like oh why did that affect him why well, now he has to go do that they, they just said you're just supposed to know that oh this is an act of desperation but it's like i don't know you, do something with that like don't just don't just put that in like it was weird i think that that's the whole change of the story though right because the second he goes south is when the prophecy quotation marks starts yeah I'm, I'm, i i know why they had to do it it's yeah. just they didn't explain it enough they didn't tell they didn't give me the the stakes to not doing it and then doing it like it was just this switch immediately and you're just okay i guess desperation whatever I'm it, go- it was just like it was just sticky things like that yeah I, that's what they're they're like like you said they're nitpicks because like they, they, we don't want to take yeah no this is a five-star movie this yeah, is an this incredible is, movie this is a like they're, they're i'm minor, trying to find cons in here. i agree with the on taylor joy thing like i when they were like oh yeah she's paul's sister i i didn't know about the story so i was just kind of like oh that's fine i guess she shows up in the movie at some point and they were like haha jokes because you know how we were supposed to have a sister and we went with the boy we did have the sister anyways so if they're gonna do that type of thing no like it's literally an unborn child and like they show her one scene and then you realize like how important that is because they show up with the future of what a possibility of with, with the water on the land. Like that's a massive part of the scene. Like, I don't know why that was spoiled. I don't put that really on the movie's fault. That's on Warner brothers for getting, letting that out there and then putting her in the, the premiere. Like, why was she there? Why would you put 
Like I, I don't, and that's my issue with trades and people like deadline variety, picking some of this stuff up because as good as they are for giving us information on like movies coming out and some casting spoiling things in movies like cameos that are important to the plots pissed me off. And I, I'm, I'm mad that that got spoiled because that would have been such a cool moment to realize that she's going to be a huge part of the continuation of this franchise in the future. Uh, and then that moment was ruined because the whole, there's, there's like the whole movie is like guessing, like, what is this relationship between the mom, the Reverend mother and her child? Why can she hear her talk? And then the second you realize who she's talking to, it's a huge moment. And to have that ruined sucked. I would have loved to have that as like a, Oh crap moment in the movie. Um, but yeah, I just think that this, it's, this, it's just sci-fi, man. It's pure sci-fi. And this is, uh, I, I love to be alive in a time like this. So yeah, five stars for me. This is the best movie of the year. It's not even close. We've had some stinkers. We went from Madam Web to this. I'm, I'm, I've, I've doubted, I said that this was going to be the, the savior of the year. And it has been. So it's nice to know that the movie is as good as it is. I know you had a little bit of a problem with uh, people saying that this is the greatest movie ever made. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Uh, uh, I, I mean, like you can think that. I think that's fine. Like f- filmmaking wise, it it very well could be. Like this is a like whatever Christopher Nolan has done. This is this tops it by like a, a ton. Like this is a, beyond a shadow of a doubt one of the most technically brilliant films I've ever seen. Uh, but that being said, I think movies also have to be entertaining, and there's a lot of there's a lot of dull moments in this thing. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't fault someone if they think that. That's that's totally fine. It's a, it's an incredible movie. It's a five star movie for me. Like it's 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 truly like a masterpiece. I, I I don't necessarily think it's the best movie ever made. And my my qualm was not with it's, it's the, the best paid movie reviews. Ever made. My, my palm, yeah. But my issue was the fact that they were clearly paying people to say that. And like after watching the movie, it's very true that I think that they were, and I, and it's it's people who have been rumored to do it before, and I don't fault that to the movie. I fault that to Warner Brothers or however they're trying to promote this thing. It was a super iffy issue that was happening before this movie came out, and after watching it, I think it's incredible. I wholeheartedly, I I know this is like my tinfoil hat on here, this little conspiracy, but I I, I do agree. I think those rumors were were true. I think. I think they were definitely paid. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's true necessarily. I, 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 we see this type of stuff happen with a movie every once in a while and you could say it's paid. I just think it's a love that people have for certain movies. I hope so. And I I, hope so. I'm more inclined to say that it's the latter because you look at the letterbox curve. It's at a 4.6 right now. It's pushing 4.7. Like, it's one of the highest rated films on Rotten Tomatoes. And there's so many other reviews that have come in. Like, and yeah, you could say it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I I don't want to put it down to the merits of like, this was a paid reviews. I think it deserves the love that it deserves. And that that was my issue. It's like, I think it could have just stood alone. I don't think they needed to do that. This movie is that good. Well, it is a conspiracy as well. Like it It is, it is. It's (laughs) like, I, I don't know how valid all of those rumors are, but like, I wish we were. Some paid. of them seem real. Do you think oh Warner God. Brothers would pay us to give out reviews, especially since Just we've put, been put the on. title "Dune 2 Sucked," unless dot dot dot, <laughs> and then Warner Brothers pays us. I, can I, make- I think that's the way. No. I can make the thumbnail for this video, like just Paul's face, and you know, like those YouTubes, like the Thanos ones. Like, what is he cooking? I could do it like that. <laughs> Dude, that style. Let's see if we can get up any clickbait guys. We can get in here to say that uh, we don't like the movie. Yeah, no, it's. Yeah. Um, 
I'm happy. I'm a happy man. I, I'm excited for Messiah. I'm excited for Chani's journey, which like she's considered genuinely a weaker character. I think they've done a really good job at building her up, and I think that she is going to have a really she, satisfying yeah. ending. I, I love I love that ending. I thought the ending was amazing to have her. I thought yeah. her on the stand room leaving. I thought that was the best way to end that movie. I also the ending, the ending is amazing. I like I love that scene. I I wasn't necessarily sold on Zendaya still. I I really want to be, and I was trying in that movie. I think I think this does propel her to movie stardom. But uh, and and she was amazing, especially with Timmy. But but one thing I know that you were complaining about before with uh, Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell in in that movie is like oh better chemistry exists. So I can't I can't really say that this is awesome. Uh, we've seen better chemistry with Timmy. We've seen it with him and Florence Pugh. We've seen it with him and, and other him people, and Florence so. Pugh in the next movie. <laughs> there you go. That's it. That's a thing. But no, I, I, I loved her. I, I loved her in this movie. I thought, I thought she was, she did amazing. Just the shots. And I, I, I don't even necessarily think it was her. I think just the way they did it, the way they framed it. I, again, I go back to that scene where he tells her that, Oh, I'm going to love you forever. And then he's just not into it. It's just, it's, it's bull crap out of his mouth. And then she knows and she can tell. And then he says that thing to, uh, that he's going to marry Florence Pugh. And this, the cut to her and her face is like, that is utterly heartbreaking. And the, the whole battle between them, man, like the fact that she loves this guy as a boyfriend, she loves him as a man, but she does not believe in this, in this prophecy. She doesn't She's believe the only one. that he is the Messiah. She's the only one it's, out it's of crazy. all the women. Yeah. It, I love well, that. all the kids. Yeah, I I think my favorite example of that was like aside from Benedict uh, Benedict Benicio del Toro. No, Benedict Jesuit. Who am I talking about? Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. I almost said Benedict Cumberbatch and Benicio del Toro. Benicio del Toro. Um, aside from that, like, there's a bunch of simp's in this movie. Gurney is a literal simp. This guy goes, "No, we're we're gonna we're gonna fight back. Like, just do what we're doing." Oh, he's doing it for the Atreides. Yes, that's my king, my lord. I, like. I poured maybe die of laughter. There's a lot of simps in this movie, man. And she's, she's able to see over her love to realize that like, they're not doing the right thing uh, also. And I, uh, it, it's make, it's going to be an interesting resolution to these characters in the third one, but I love how each movie. You think it's, you think it's, she's able to see over it. I think it's more the struggle that she loves him, but she just doesn't believe. I don't think it's, she's able to say, I think she just doesn't believe it. I think it's a bit of both. I agree because they they set up a lot of it with her being like, yeah, the prophecy is not real. Like the, all this stuff isn't real. Like, oh, they're a bunch of the wackos. They don't believe it. Like, I think it's a little bit of both. And I think that she's like heartbroken why it's happening. Um, and like, really, she's the only one that can see th- through everything. She's the only one that has like the, the right semblance as everyone else has like basically been brainwashed. Um, and it sets up a really interesting end. And I love that every film has a satisfying conclusion and it can stand on its own while still setting up more. And knowing that Messiah most likely is going to be coming. Um, uh, I think this is going to go down as one of the greatest trilogies of all time. And I'm, I'm blessed to be sitting here talking about it with you on this fine, fine day. And talking. Yeah, it's, I, I agree that these movies can stand on their own and I'm super excited. I think he's going to make a movie between this and, the third one i don't think so looks looks that way he he seemed to be saying that he's gonna do that yeah but the script has been finished han zimmer reportedly which by the way oh i want him to take his time because he took his time on this one and it did again out of the park han zimmer fantastic scores this guy doesn't make a bad score to save his life this is uh, this is even better than the first dune score uh he's apparently writing music for his 
for that film for the score. So I think I would, if I'm going to be like, it's coming, I would say 2027 is my guess. 2026, 2027, like late 2026. I think, I think it'll be soon. I, the next rumor is up is Sicario three with Denny back in charge. I, I don't know. I would also say Sicario's better than this. No, really? I love Sicario, but no, I don't I don't know. I just it, I think just storytelling wise, it's like it knocks this one out of the park. Does that not just speak to how good this man is though? <laughs> he is literally like he's making Yeah, no, I'm I'm not I'm not saying No, I know, but bad movie. He's, saying he's making a case is... for the goat, man. He's making a case for getting up there. Like he, he's young. He has he has not missed. He has not had a single miss. Even his international films, like they're on Sandy's is up there as one of his best scripted films. Like he doesn't miss and we're going to be blessed for the next 40 years to be getting films from this guy. That's uh, yeah. We're living in the golden age of film, man. I think with when it terms to blockbusters, when it comes to like, sure. big, when it comes to this type I'm of complaining stuff, complaining about it for a while, but like think, think of this decade, like some of the movies to have all come out, have like the big ones, like the ones that people are going to be standing like Barbie, the Oppenheimers, the spider verses, the everything ever all at once like they're all like they're proof that when a director or writers get to tell their visions of stories in a big budget system that it works and those are the big golden age movies like yeah we have our crap of madam web yeah we're gonna have this stuff but when it comes to those big tent poles outside of the mcu like because i don't think the mcu is going to reach those heights again like we're in the golden age of those types of films being created and I think that, like, as much crap as we sit through, the big ones always hit as good as they do because of all the other crap surrounding around it. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's tough. Like, we live in the best age of technical technology. We live in the best age of sound, of acting. I'm going to say that. I think this is some of the best acting. Like, every actor that comes out on screen seems to be just, like, amazing. And that's just because Hollywood picks them well nowadays. Uh, it's just... This, this, is, this is so such a well-casted movie. It's, it's just, it's hard. It, it, it's hard it, to pick flaws. That, Again, it's that perfect combination of the old and the new. And every older person who took a role, like a slighter role in this movie to have 15 minutes on screen, just knocks it out of the park. They do so well in this thing. Josh Brolin and all his weird poems that he keeps writing for all the cast members. He's great. Bro, I was, I was getting real creeped out when I was reading those. <laughs> and then like, okay. And then he, he delivered, bro. He's this, he comes in in the weirdest way in this movie. And it's awesome. You kind of forget about Gurney. Even in the first movie, you just kind of forget that he's just like doesn't show up again. And then you're like, all oh, right, Gurney's alive and he's great. Josh Brolin's always good in every movie that he's in. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I think it. I think Star Wars sucks, so I'm not going to say that it's close to Star Wars. It's like well in of Star Wars. I think when the third one comes out, I'll see if it's better than Lord of the Rings right now. Still not. I think Lord of the Rings is still hands above uh, most things is the greatest trilogy of all time. Um, and I think you're right. He's, he's putting a case together for the go here. I think longevity wise, he's got a long way to go to maybe match Scorsese, but you know, there's also other people. Damien Chazelle hasn't missed. There's, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of other directors and yeah. I, 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 maybe we are in the golden age. Maybe we could see a lot of people just knock something out of the park. I'm worried about Chazelle, man. He just uh, today said that he's working on his next script, but he doesn't even know if it's going to get made because of Babylon, because of how badly Babylon bombed, which that's uh, that's all a, marketing, man. All marketing. That's two. That's an Oscar award winning, like a two time Oscar award winning person saying he might not be able to get his film. I guess it's a tough world. It's a tough. Uh, the fact that the marketing of Babylon failed that movie is crazy because that movie's great. 
it's a great movie. And Greta Gerwig now misses. There's well, I'm besides that. I would I, say I Chris Nolan no misses, but that's not true. <laughs> um, no, Chris, Chris Nolan, I think he's hit or miss. I would say he's more hit than miss, but. Ah, <laughs> going, going back to Interstellar, and if that's what people think is his best movie. David Fincher. Quite he's, honestly, mid. He's, he's David Fincher good. had a big miss last year. Okay. I liked it. Christopher McQuarrie, I would say he's up there for like a really good director from modern action. Like it's, it's a good time to be living with the big movies that hit man. We're, we're, we're covering some good movies on this podcast. Like this year alone, we've, uh, since we've been incepted, like we've covered some good, some classic, some classic Kino, man. It's going to stand the test of time. I hope so. We were going to do other stuff on this podcast, but I don't think we need to. I think we should just, Keep it at Dune and then call it a day. What do you think? I think Dune deserves its own episode. Let's do it. Final thoughts? Final thoughts? Yeah, this is uh, one of the greatest sequels ever made. One of the best second parts of a movie. Uh, tech, you can argue against the wall that it's the same movie, like part one, part two, whatever, same movie. doesn't really matter. Uh, it's one of the greatest science I don't think that's true at all either. There's people out there I, that'll I say that, though. At all. There's some weirdos out there that believe that. Um, some of the greatest casting ever. Really? Like, Great story. I don't think so, man. I think that's a strange straw, man. I, I, I don't, I don't think anybody could argue that. I think this movie thematically is like its own movie. It's yeah, so much stronger. Like it's the first one is literally all. It's the Paul Atreides story, and then yeah. this one is like let's let's freaking throw it all. Let's let's do it. Trust me, I I've uh, I've had some debates with people already about this. There's some people out there oh. that are like, oh, it's just the second. It's it's just the same movie, and I'm like, oh my god. Uh, yeah, I, if you love the first one, it's more of that. But on steroids, it's it's great. I bet we've we've raved about it. Uh, five stars for me. It's gonna be hard to top this at the end of the year. But we'll see. There might be a movie that comes around and tops it. Um, yeah. What about you? Yeah, five stars for me. This is I've said it. It's a masterpiece. Uh, everything that I was even complaining about, I think that's all nitpicky stuff. Uh, I hope. I hope. I hope the third one, like either at. Honestly, this could be the return of the king for them because, I mean, it was that good. I hope the third one is even better. I don't know how. It sets I, again, up to I have be issues. Crazy. I'm a little, I'm a little curious if Tom, if Timmy can handle it. But uh, I, you know, we'll see. I'm stoked. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really stoked. Five stars for me. I, I, I recommend this movie to anybody who really likes drugs because God, <laughs> if there's one thing we learn, man, drugs rule, dude. Drugs make your eyes go blue. There's a reason I got some blue in my eyes. I've been having so much spice in my life. Oh, uh, one more thing. What did you think of the white savior complex? Uh, did you think that this is like it's because it's almost like oh maybe you need a white person to come in and save the day? But I thought it was almost well. Here, you tell me. You tell. Me. I I mean, in terms of films that use white saviors, I'm gonna say that this movie was or this book was written in like the '60s, so uh, it was a time for that, but. I don't know. I think it deconstructs it enough to be like, you're not necessarily fooled by it. Like the the whole point of this movie is to be like, is Paul really the guy? Like, is this his destiny or is he just stepping into a role? I think it's, I don't know. You probably have more of a stronger opinion on it than I do. I, I think it's like equally to this to what you're saying like is it like i think that's also what it's saying about the white savior complex yeah and i think it dissects it enough to be like this guy isn't really saving them it is the fremen themselves but sometimes you might need that figure 
to because I don't think he's like leading them. I think it is the Fremen doing it themselves, but maybe they just needed that push and that's what it's supposed to be. I, I'm I'm curious where they go with it because you could go either way with how they're framing the white savior here. Yeah, I am uh, excited to see what that holy war looks like because them trying to avoid the holy war, all that Paul wanted to do ended up starting it at the very end himself. And it could have just been avoided. And that man's a, uh, that man loves his power a little bit too much. Yeah, what? Oh, sorry. When when he when after they they did the thing and he's like, "Hey, Josh Brolin, go te- go tell everybody, go ask them," and then he like runs away. Does he like use the telephone? He's like, "Hey, everybody, uh, yeah, this just he happened." Yeah. And he comes back. And they're like, "They're like, no." He's like, "All right, tell them, holy war." He's, like, he's okay, got all I'll the rest of the families on speed dial real fast, and he's just like, "Yo, yeah, this it, is what that uh, was so weird." I was like, "Where did where did he tell them? What? He just called them? Anyway, yeah. Weird nitpicky stuff, but whatever. It's an awesome movie. Go see the movie. It's sick. Even yeah. if, like, I don't think it does stand above its content of being, you know, nerd stuff about oil and the or spices, drugs, and also oil at the same time. Like, oh, crazy stuff. But Money. but I, I would recommend this movie of, like, if you, if, I, I hope people see this movie. I, I, I really do. Initial What the other one gross? Like 600? No, it was like 300. Or four hundred, but that's because it was during pandemic. Oh, that was COVID. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. you gotta you gotta give it a little way. It's already initial word is that it's gonna be pushing upwards of two hundred million opening weekend, which Ooh, is really good. Let's go uh, made twelve million yesterday domestically on its opening previews. So we're we're safe. We don't have to be worried. We, the one we were worried about was Dune Part One. It, the, the I was shocked they even gave it a part two because I was like I. It's coming out during COVID. Like I don't know. Like we're safe. We're getting the whole the the show is coming out. We're gonna get Messiah. It's happening. We can be excited. We can we can be and we can trust it. We can trust that Denis gonna deliver a, a satisfying conclusion. I don't yeah. think he would have continued I, this if he didn't believe that he could do it. I keep wanting to uh, to to end this pod, but there's so much more stuff I want to. We, we've had like I think oh, seventeen uh, natural ending points, just like the movie as well. <laughs> just we like just the keep, movie, we yeah. just keep going. We just keep going because we like to do it. Anyway, um, disaster divides people and shows you who you truly are. Just like. Uh, this podcast. If you thought this was a mess, just you wait till Dune Part Three. Now we're kidding. This, this it's good. I, I I honestly like that's how good this movie is. I could keep on talking about it. There's there's so much stuff to to chat about. Yeah, I agree. I think we should probably end it though because I I think we're gonna yeah, keep talking about Dune. Like this is little little teaser. This is not the only time we'll be talking about Dune. We'll be back next week with another Dune centric episode. Because yeah, I, I I got some homework to do. I, I gotta watch. I want to see it again. I really want to see it again. I want to see. I, w- I want to see if I get more out of it, or, or if I can figure out what I'm. <sighs> you go enjoy Dune so Part much, Two. There's so much to unpack. You man. go enjoy that. I'll go watch the David Lynch version and see how. God, I am. I'm, I am thankful that I never actually finished the book and watched the David Lynch version, so that I could experience it unfold as like a first time experience. I do appreciate that, and I I'm glad there's other people out there that are also doing that. But now I get to see the other side of it. I get to see the the Lynchian well, they do, version. They, they do have an end to that movie. So yeah. Oh yeah, great for the I'm, next movie. I'm so excited for that. I'm, you might be spoiled for the third one if you. Maybe you should wait it out then. Oh, should I? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> they do all three in one. They do two books in one movie. Good God, David Lynch! What were you yeah, smoking? Yeah, movie rules, dude. It's awesome. Okay. It's a sweet movie. Not for the same reasons that this movie rules. Yeah, okay. Um, next week as well, Kung Fu Panda 4. Are we doing it? Yeah. Yes or no? I'll see Kung Fu Panda. All right. Let's go. I let's, guess I will watch the other that. Kung Fu Pandas. Because you, oh, <laughs> you right. picked up on this, didn't you? 
what that i uh mentioned that i'm a big fan of the kung fu panda movies and i yeah. only saw one and yeah yeah i like to speak in hyperbole sometimes all right if you're listening to this podcast you probably know that already just like mike didn't know my name though uh it's okay all right thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the cinemates podcast i'm michael they call it jake underscore schultz six on the x's you can find us there you can find us on tiktok at the cinemates podcast thank you guys uh for following that we got we've actually jumped a ton of followers the last time for whatever reason the zone of interest pod or tiktok is still going up Eight hundred fifty thousand people viewed it still people fighting in the comments about that movie listen there's other tiktoks go watch the other tiktoks they're probably better man honestly yes and we're the people we keep talking I almost have 50 followers in general on this podcast. Like, we're at one away. So we're at 49. So whoever wants to follow us, hey. we're at 50th. Maybe you'll get a shout-out. So, hey, uh, yeah. I mean, guys, I watched the Woody Allen movie. Stop telling me I didn't watch it. I actually saw that in theaters <laughs> when it came out in, like, 2011. Hey, but don't you know that Jeez. there's someone that said that we can, we can if we don't like movies, why don't we go and try and make our own and do it better? <laughs> I, we love movies. Like, thanks, I'm allowed guys. to say movies are bad. Thanks, guys. I Not all movies are, are good. Anyhow, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Big Podcast. We will see you next week with more Dune and a little Jack Black as Poe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.